Today on the Davenport Podcast. We all have fear. Public speaking, flying in an airplane, first date. Or... I am terrified. <laughs> fear is what allows us to protect ourselves. We need a certain level of fear. Understand you're going to feel all the feelings. You get sweaty or yeah. you get a headache or you get paralyzed. There's a lot of things that are unpredictable, out of our control. Normalize the fear. Don't be afraid of your fears. I have this fear, but I'm doing it anyway. Welcome to the Davenport. My name is Guy Below, and I am a life coach, a business mentor, and an entrepreneur. I'm Jamie Pyatt, a licensed clinical social worker. I love working with individuals, couples, and teens, and I'm also a certified Daring Way facilitator. Join us as we sit down on the Davenport to share a little bit of coaching, a little bit of therapy, and a lot of entertainment. We're so happy you're here. Welcome to the Davenport. Hi, Jamie. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Happy Friday. Yes. And spring break next week. Woo-hoo. Spring break. Yeah. The the kids are ready. Oh, my gosh. And then they're already lamenting. Like when I did carpool this week, they were saying, oh, my gosh, we have spring break. And then we don't have a break until school's out. <laughs> I'm like, okay, don't think that far ahead. Right. Just enjoy next week. <laughs> I, I'm just like, what are we going to do with them for next week while we work and make it fun? I did announce this morning which they all want to hear. Hey, Friday before spring break. Tomorrow we're cleaning the house. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. They're like, and I hate you. No, just kidding. <laughs> Kate didn't really respond. She just stared at me. I was like, too early? Okay, well, we'll talk Well, for we'll Christmas, Dave booked a trip to take Mackenzie to New York for a few days. And uh-huh. so it was during spring break, but sort of. I mean, they left last night. They did a red eye. And she then, got out early then. Yeah, yeah, so she missed school today. So the red eye, in theory, was they're going to sleep on the plane and then do like Statue of Liberty yeah, and everything that, today. That's always the plan yeah. for red eyes, right? And so We act like it's some like hotel in the sky. <laughs> With your knees and your right. chin, you know? It's going to be so nice. We'll totally sleep. Uh, be, I'm sure there'll be like room service. I'll take some melatonin right. and have a peaceful night's sleep. No. So I, and then you show up and it's like the dirtiest Greyhound bus you've ever got on. And you're like, I can't even like close my eyes. Yeah. Like, and now I've arrived. And it was a completely full flight. Oh, of course. So, But luckily we have this awesome friend. Shout out to Rachel Hazen who works for JetBlue. And, and she got them in like roomier seats. Like oh, the, she upgraded? Like the... More leg room. Yeah. So Dave's like, oh, that was sick. Because it was a nonstop to New York. Yeah, and Dave's tall. That, Dave's tall. And so when I when I talked to them this morning, I was like, so how'd you sleep on the plane? And they both were like, we didn't. <laughs> so they get to the hotel at like 8 a.m., right? So you can't check in till like 1 or 3. But luckily, thanks, Marriott, said, oh, we have a room. You can just go sleep. And then- They have was, like a sleep room? No, they just like had a, extra, you know, a room that was empty. They just give them a room? And it wasn't even their room. So, but they got to sleep and shower and wow. he's like, oh, we slept for like four hours. I'm sure New York hotels get this all the time. Uh, we left last night at 6 p.m. <laughs> we and did. we haven't slept. <laughs> we, we might were... have miscalculated some of our uh, reservations. <laughs> we were for supposed our... <laughs> to do a tour of NYU, but we missed it. <laughs> so I think that's where they're at. But they were on a double-decker bus at lunchtime. I saw them and they were rested and having fun and freezing. Oh, fun, fun. <laughs> I didn't even know you could do that. Like, go to the hotel and be like, hey, do I have a place to sleep? Well, they were just like, we are exhausted. Maybe they saw them when they walked in. Yeah, yeah. Hey, they're going to need the... (laughs) So, but they looked okay. So, (laughs) if you know my daughter, she's a Broadway nut. So, she is so excited. Yeah. She's And the school play was last week. Thanks... Thanks, Davenport team, for coming out to support. Yeah, it was a great play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was it was really I laughed good. out loud. I was like, oh, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. 
It's always fun to see. I was driving home. I was like, it's just cool to see kids going for it. After being kind of locked down for so many months. And it's a really good segue into our topic today. (laughs) It is. It is. Because we're talking about fear today. And when Mackenzie was done at the end of the weekend, I was driving her home from her last thing. And I was just like, I'm really proud of you. Like, I didn't have the courage to, I wouldn't have even tried out for a play. And I would never stand on a stage and sing it. I mean, and my daughter, like, she'll belt yeah. it. Like, she has no fear. Can like, we post, like, a picture of her from her costume? I have. Yeah. <laughs> she plays an ex-con. Because <laughs> when she struts out, I'm yeah. like, okay, there's no fear here. She's yeah. just playing the character. Yeah. She plays the comfort <laughs> counselor. Like, her, she's doing – she's an ex-con who's – Community service yeah, hours community service are hours. comforting these kids who get ousted from the spelling bee. Yeah, so she really embraced that character. I, I about died when I saw like her septum nose ring and her like I was like, oh my gosh, I've never seen my child like this. Right, you know? fishnets, safety vest. Yeah, yeah, there's a- yeah, it was pretty funny. She loved it, and but she has a solo, like a song, a big song that's a solo, and it's not. And it's not an easy song. It's like a complicated song. Yeah. And so when she did it, like when I went opening night, I was just floored. I was like, this girl has no fear. And what I realized is she has fear. She isn't afraid of her fear. Right. We all have fear. Yeah. Yeah. We all, it could be over the littlest thing. It could be over something huge. We all have it. Yeah. It's how you work with it. Yeah. And she works with it way better than I do. So I'm really grateful for that because she just, I mean, she'll be super nervous. Like she couldn't eat dinner. She couldn't, you know, she, the whole two weeks was really busy. You guys know I was living at the high school, but once it was. Drama mom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I am not like a stage mom. Stage mom. That's what they call it. If anyone knows me, I'm like, what's the show? (laughs) It did take you quite a while to share with us like what the gist of it was. I think we were all a little confused. Yeah. Uh, But then when you get there, you're like, oh, this is a sweet little story. So it was good. But, you know, these kids have fears. And, you know, Mackenzie would come home and talk about kids that had struggled with pretty severe anxiety on set at rehearsal. And the day before, someone kind of having a panic attack. And I was like, I remember on opening night, I'm like, who who was it that was struggling? And when she told me, I was floored because she was just incredible in the show. Trying to figure out who yeah. was showing signs of, of Anxiety duress. Anxiety yeah. Right, yeah. And so I just am like, hats off to people who just don't, they're not afraid of their fear. They just move on and do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. So how do, how do people get there? I think that's, so our topic today is fear. And part of that is how to work through it. Well, and what is it? What's fear? Yeah, yeah, definition. Definition, right? Because fear is what allows us to protect ourselves. Like we need a certain level of fear. And it's interesting when you study fear, a lot of scientists will debate that fear is something that has kind of been passed down to us from from our ancestors. From caveman? Yeah, because if you think about what fear was like how they survived. Right, right. Because going right to the crudes right now. (laughs) I mean, it was shout like, out to characters named Guy. Right, <laughs> I did like the crudes, and so if you think about it, fear is that vital response to physical and emotional danger. Yeah, right. And so, saber tooth tiger on the horizon. Right, you need to act. And so, back in the day, they faced life and death situations. So, fear was essential in our survival. Yes, right. But now the stakes are lower. Like, there's no saber tooth tiger. There's might be a coyote in my driveway that I got to deal with. But not, you know, I don't have to worry about a grizzly bear 
eating me at night. (laughs) Aaron's writing me notes, never not be afraid. That's the famous line. Never not be afraid. Like we should always just be afraid. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which actually, there's some truth to that, right? In a sense. Well, and I do think that fear plays differently for men and women. And I'm going to explain this because, and this isn't scientific. This is just general, like I'm a woman. This has been my life experience. And when I got married and would have conversations with my husband, I'm like, you have not felt that? And he's like, never. And I was like, wow, fear is totally different for men than it is for women. Because when we first got married, you know, we had, he had already had a little house in down in Claremont and I was moving from Phoenix. And so at night I was like closing all the blinds and locking the door and, you know, like most women do, like they sort of put the house to bed, right? Like you're just like making everything secure. Is that how that works, Aaron? <laughs> or maybe, are you the one who shuts the I'm the, the one. Oh, yeah. I'm the night watchman. <laughs> and so, I'll be like, is everything <laughs> turned off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wake up next morning, the microwave's running, the lights are on, the garage door's open. No, it's not Popcorn's that, ready. Right. It's not that bad. <laughs> no. But I mean. <laughs> I have come back from a trip and be like, huh, front door's unlocked. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave's like, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm just locking things up. And he's yeah. like, Why? I'm like, because I'm afraid, <laughs> you know, like, and I lived alone before I got yeah. married. So, I mean, I, I locked the doors and I always kept everything hatched down. Right? right. And so then when I would go running in the mornings, he's like, why don't you go on the trails? And I was like, well, I don't want to go on the trails by myself. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because I'm afraid. And he's like, of what? I mean, I just started realizing the fears I've developed over my life sometimes are kind of gender related. Like for women, I think there's always a fear of like someone attacking you or, which is a really sad commentary on society, right? That we have these fears that really can debilitate. It determines where a woman parks. It determines what time I'll go out. There's lots of factors involved with the fears that I face versus the fears my husband faces. Absolutely. And so, and what's interesting. And it's conditioned into you. Yes. Absolutely. But today the stakes are lower than the crudes, right? Like we're, we're worried more about public speaking, flying in an airplane. Right. Well, cause the, the truth versus our perceived truth sometimes is not in alignment. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's totally valid to be afraid of running on the trails. Is there something on the trail that would attack you? Maybe not. Right. But maybe it was a news report you saw or Absolutely. an experience that you, mm-hmm. you had or someone else had that was told to you. That then sticks with you. Yep. And then that turns into. That becomes your truth. Yeah. yeah, That becomes the the truth. Right. And, you know, like the fear of spiders. I I always loved that there was a comedian who was joking about women who can like wax their eyebrow hair off and then be terrified of a spider. You know, I always thought that was funny. I'm like, that's true. Like wax away. It doesn't scare me. Right. If I told my husband to wax it, he'd be like, uh, he'd be afraid. Right. Right. Like (laughs) you're going to do what with that? But yet I was. And my husband is Scottish. So there's some hair to be waxed. Right. (laughs) I was sitting before we started this. I was at my computer at my desk. It showed Monica. I'm sitting there typing away and I noticed something in my eye and I, I thought I had something on my eyelash. I looked up a spider size of a a half dollar. Just walks right across the wall and stops above my laptop on the wall. And long enough for me to go get Monica and come look at this. <laughs> yeah, but we feel fear of, I was like, of a spider. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. But even there is the tissue out. That, that fear of spiders has come down from generation, you know, yeah. like we're afraid of them. But yeah, we're what, bigger. What kind, of, what kind of spiders were there back in the day? That, I don't know. Yeah. That we're, we have this, like, they must have all been tarantulas. Right. Because, you know, like, we do feel that little, like, get it. Get it, you right, know. Right, right. 
<laughs> Dave's really good. Dave like gets it by the leg and takes it outside. Oh, and, you know, that's he's like, kind. Yeah, he's really kind. That's really kind. I'm like, I'm not. smash it. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm like, you're in my house. <laughs> Yeah, you could. <laughs> you, you were not invited. So anyway. You you knew what was going to happen when you came in here. <laughs> right. So I think it's important to, to discern between nerves and fear. Okay. So you, that's funny you use that word because yeah. I feel that's an older word, right? Mm-hmm. My my grandmother mm-hmm. would always be like, my nerves. Yeah. Right? And now I feel like we use the word anxiety or my fears. <laughs> yeah. Right? But I think we use that on... Um, scrupulously yeah like uh, casually yeah yeah and like we've talked about before on the podcast like all of a sudden now everyone understands the definition of narcissism so everyone's a narcissist it's not <laughs> the have, case like we all, we all very, have anxiety it's all very you know we just use these terms like we're diagnosing everyone very few people are actually fit the criteria for narcissism right but, but well, all, similarly like anxiety disorder we've talked right. about that on previous episodes yeah Clinical diagnosis with anxiety disorder is a lot less than the chronic anxiety that we all talk about. Right. And so that's where we get into trouble sometimes. And so, you know, like if you have nerves before a first date or before flying on a plane, that's that's pretty normal. But when it's persistent and specific to a certain threat yep. and impairs everyday life, that's yeah. That's where we're getting into phobias and fears and, you know, those things that are kind of debilitating. Yeah, because what is a phobia? Is that a fear kind of gone out of control? A phobia is a distinct fear or anxiety about an object or a situation. So it could be fear of animals, fear of a natural environment. Like, Is it innate or do you learn it? That's a great question. I don't know. Like if I'm fine with spiders, but, what but the f- then I see a scary spider or I hear stories of spiders hurting people or then I see a scary spider and I turn into not wanting yeah, to be Yeah, or like spiders. having that phobia. I don't know. It's probably a little bit of both. But the yeah. thing about a phobia is the fear is always disproportionate to the true danger. Got it. Okay. So, so it's, it's, it's more of a type of condition. Yes. Like well, I have an example here, uh, Psychology Today. Okay. Uh, there's an author, Noam Spencer. Okay. In in his piece, he talks about elevators. Okay. Say you have you don't like riding in elevators, and then which uh, is really tied to claustrophobia. Could be yeah That's, right or the like, movement the of small, the height something that small spaces. And then if you're getting out and you're afraid of the height, then that's the fear of heights. Like you kind of have to differentiate where the fear is coming from. Right, really identify it. Yeah. But if someone isn't that uh, realized and they just say, I'm afraid of elevators. Yeah. That door closed, I I don't like it. And then they – so they walk the stairs. And then (laughs) that turns into, well, I don't like being near elevators, so I'm not even going to go in the building that has an elevator. And then it it can escalate to where the original fear is almost lost and it gets attached to something – yeah. Because it's object-based. So you now associate that fear with elevators. Yeah. And the reality is it might be claustrophobia or it might be heights. Yeah. Or it was an uneasy feeling you had that day. Yeah. Is that our brain kind of miswiring? Yeah. And really when you get into – so fear and phobia, they're, they're related, but they're yeah. not the same. Okay. And so the phobia – most phobias get developed during childhood and adolescence. It's okay. not – I mean, it's not, I haven't had many adults come in and they're like, when I was 30, all of a sudden I was afraid of flying. Like it happens, but not, it's usually like something like I can, I've always been terrified of flying. I've always been terrified of public speaking or I've always, you know, always, they can kind of not remember a time that they didn't have this specific phobia because phobias right. are pretty specific. Like 
a fear of public speaking or a fear right. of whatever it is. And so interesting to know women are twice as likely to have phobias than men. Oh, interesting. You know, yeah. uh, at least according to the research I've looked at. Do you have any phobias? I, I'm i a little claustrophobic. Like I can get kind of claustrophobic in tight spaces if it's like I won't get I won't get it on an elevator unless the elevator's full. Oh, okay. If the elevator's full, I'm like in my head, I do like a mindful, like I'm just like, you're okay. Yeah. Just like I I actually do some self talk, right? Okay. <laughs> so, but I don't have any like debilitating phobias, but I'm also not like walking on a tightrope or anything like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I don't engage in a lot of behaviors where I'm like, let's find out if I do. <laughs> What about the ones that make you uneasy and you don't even realize why? Is that kind of a something coming out of that space? Like, give me an example. Like the other day, I didn't even think this was a thing, but I I got to the Costco gas station. Oh, that right now that creates a lot of fear for people. <laughs> and we're in San Diego where it's like six dollars a gallon. Yeah. So I I had to go to Costco to get the gas because otherwise it would be otherwise it's seven dollars seven dollars <laughs> so and i saw it and they closed 8 30 so i was like i'll just get in line i'm sure it's fine yeah well they're pretty strict at closing time yeah and so i'm over there at the san marcos costco uh-huh. and i'm out by the nursing homes oh wow right yeah and i'm like it's like 8 25 like, so we're, we're inching closer and then i see a guy come out with shopping carts and luckily i got in and then it, like two cars behind me he kind of blocked it off oh, and wow. we're done and so it's now it's like 827 <laughs> and I'm in the lot, but there's, you know, hundreds yeah. of cars and it gets 830 and the signs that tell you which pumps open turn off oh, gosh. and then half the lights go out and I started getting anxious. Yeah. I was like, I need to get my gas yeah. and I think they're closing. And then it ended up being where I was like the last car there. Yeah. Cause we had to fill up the, the big car. Yeah. And as it was going, I was talking to my sister on the phone and I was getting anxious. I was like, okay, I'm the last one here. They're all looking at me and there's this pit in my stomach that I just felt like super. Yeah, like they're going to run out. Uneasy. Not, <laughs> no? it, wasn't, it wasn't about running out. It was like, I shouldn't be here. Oh, I shouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> it's closed. I should not be here. Yeah. And it took me back to when I was a kid. There's a store called Value Giant in Bremerton, Washington. And I, it seems like we were there often when they were closing. And... My mom would be like in the fabric department or doing yeah, something. Yeah. And the loudspeaker would say, you know, we're now closed. Oh, I just, oh, <laughs> like contraction. Everything was like, yeah. we need to get out of here. Yeah. It's closed. We should not be Maybe here. Maybe it's like a little bit of fear of doing something wrong or Maybe. breaking a rule, yeah. you know, but that's definitely that fear. I mean, you have that, you know what fear feels like. Everyone yeah. can identify it really quickly. I mean, it affects everyone different, right? There's physical symptoms like you get sweaty or yeah. you get a headache or you get dry mouth or you get paralyzed, right? Fear can be really paralyzing where you just can't move. You know, you're just like, I don't know what to do. I mean, I've seen that with someone on an elevator actually. Yeah. They, they couldn't get off. Cannot get yeah, off. Right. Yeah. And so that's hard. And then you have fears that you realize like, oh, I have this fear, but I'm doing it anyway. Like yes. I'm not, I, and that's what I'm saying. Like most of us have fear that we feel on a pretty regular basis about things, but we aren't afraid of it. We're just like, oh, I'm anxious or I have the nerves or I feel afraid, right. but I'm going to do this anyway. I'm going to get some gas or I'm going to, you know, 
go take the elevator. Yeah, because that, that leads into like exposure therapy, right? Yeah, so, so exposure therapy, like it's interesting, like say you have a fear of flying. Mm-hmm. So usually when you're treating deep-seated fears and phobias, you use like, I mean, therapy is a great tool for that, right. especially cognitive behavioral therapy with exposure therapy. So if someone comes in and they have this extreme fear of flying, then you're like, okay, I want you to start just looking at pictures of planes. Get books about planes. Okay. Start noticing planes in the sky. Okay. You know, and then you're just kind of slowly getting them to kind of reframe what the fear is. And, and getting comfortable through exposure. Mm-hmm. And okay. then you might just sit on a plane. Not not fly anywhere. Just go sit on it. And you just kind and, of And who's gauging do. the is, – is that with your therapist that you gauge the yes. reactions? Yes. Okay. And – or, you know, or not. I mean, it's some sometimes people do their own exposure therapy. It's interesting. My mom, who's a school teacher, but she did this with me as a child. So when I was about two years old, we had a German Shepherd. Okay. And so I wasn't afraid of dogs. Yeah. And our neighbors had like a little yappy dog. And I went over and took some food out of its bowl, but with the idea that I was going to feed their little dog from my hand. Oh, okay. But this little dog thought I was stealing its food and I got mauled. I got mauled. Both my arms got chewed up in my face. And so I. What kind of yappy dog was this? I don't know. It was like a mutt, I think. (laughs) And my mom, I mean, I was just like horrified. And my, I mean, I don't, luckily, I don't have memories of it. Yeah. But I have scars still from it. And my, Mom had to take me to the hospital and all of this. And and I had grown – I mean, I, my whole life, we, my parents had had a dog. And from that moment, I was terrified of dogs. I mean, terrified. And I can remember I had mem- – and then we when we moved from South Carolina, we got rid of the German Shepherd. Like, they had to rehome the German Shepherd because okay. we were moving across country. And my dad was in the Navy. And- you still had the German Shepherd after that experience for well, a little while? I think so. Okay. But for from my earliest memories, I was terrified of dogs. Okay. So I remember walking to school back in the day when we walked to school. Yeah. <laughs> so I would walk to school. I mean, I was like in kindergarten, first grade, but I had an older brother too. Like we'd be walking to school and I can remember, I have this vivid memory of a house that had a dog that would run to the gate and bark. And I would start running the house before that house and run past that house. Like I would just run. Past the house. Didn't want to be exposed to the dog. I, I was so terrified of the dog. And then I just was that way every time, like, if, and you know, everyone who has dogs thinks their dog is the best dog so that you should love it. And then <laughs> the dog jumps on you and all this. And so they're just I, showing love. Yeah, yeah. I just, I was always like, no, I really don't like dogs. I, and my, you know, you know, Tara Campbell's shout out to Tara. She has, Tara. she has two dogs and, and they're great. But when, before I got my dog, we, I was at her house for a meeting. And her little dog jump, jumping all over me. And is I think her little dog's Lucy. And she's, she's like, oh, she loves you. And I was like, and my hands were up. And I was like, no, I, I mean it. Like, I don't like dogs. And she's like, oh. And oh. she like, that's the dog. Oh, you said in a clear boundary. Oh, yeah, thank you. Okay. Like, I've come a long way. Now I love yeah. both of her dogs. <laughs> Oliver is the other one. And so it was funny because my mom, then when I was in elementary school, she, she there was a lady in the in the neighborhood we lived in that had a dog that was pretty old. Okay. And she would take me over there and I just sat on the couch with this dog. Oh. And like little by little, she kind of got me used to this dog. <laughs> they go find the oldest dog in the <laughs> yes, neighborhood. Yes. Uh, which one's not moving very much? Little did I go know next it's to because one. we were getting ready to get a dog, right? <laughs> but when we had a dog, I wasn't afraid of the dog that we owned, but I was afraid of everyone else's dog. 
So even when I was dating my husband, I'm like, okay, it's prenup. <laughs> I don't want a dog. So if that's a deal breaker, take a hike. <laughs> well, guess what's sitting at my house right now? A dog. Right. And, <laughs> and who, who enjoys that dog the most? I think I see you with it the most. The do- well, I do walk it a lot. Yeah. Well, my husband walks the dog a lot. But I mean, she actually is a really good dog. But I had to work through some very deep-seated fears because of an experience I had that created the fear. And it took me many, many years yeah. to kind of get over that fear. And I had a couple incidences after that, right? Like I had an incident when I was volunteering for our church in Honduras with a dog and it, and it t- attacked me and it didn't bite me, but it shredded my skirt that I was wearing. And then I was holding my nephew when he was like three years old at Ikea and this dog bit him in the face oh. and I was holding and I'm like, see, they're unpredictable animals. <laughs> so how did you work through that though? If you had that experience uh-huh. and you were aware of that fear and which sounds pretty debilitating. Yeah. And then you worked out of that debilitation to some extent. I worked out of the paralyzation. Okay. But What's I the difference there? So, but I didn't work out of like, I mean, even until we got our dog, I was like, yeah, I don't like dogs. I don't want to be around them. I don't, you know, I don't want your dog jumping on me. Because right. it's easy to say, well, that's just my preference. Yeah. But that, this was seated no, in. No, this was fear. An experience. Yeah. It's yeah. seated in fear. Yeah. And so that might be something for our listeners. That's an interesting delineation, right? There's. Right. I don't like public speaking. Yeah. Or I'm afraid, afraid of public of it. speaking. Yeah. Right. There's two different things. Yeah. I think also sometimes we can push through our fears and then people think we're not afraid of it. Because, yeah, yeah. Because I've had to do a lot of public speaking. You've had to do a lot of public speaking. Because well, I'm thinking right now, like, I don't like public speaking. And yeah. yet someone's like, you're on a podcast. I know. Like, <laughs> I know. And you speak publicly. Yeah. And yeah, it, it doesn't change sometimes the fear. Yeah. But you do understand it and and you can work through it. Well, and I'll get asked a lot because I'm a therapist or what, or people know me, right? So then yeah. they'll be like, hey, can you speak at this? Or can and you, you do a good this? job of it. Well, I don't know if I do a good job, but I think I'll, I do it. If I have information that I think will help somebody, then I want to share that information. Yeah. But I also, I am terrified. <laughs> so I don't think people realize that because I get up and I'm committed to being myself 100%. Yeah. But I'm terrified of public speaking. And I've been doing it all, most of my adult life. But when I first realized like I was having such bad physical symptoms of it was when I, I actually got, when I was in grad school, I was asked to speak at graduation, which I was so honored. And yeah, I was actually, that's a big deal. it was, and I was nominated by my peers. Oh, so I wow. was like their choice. And I was so honored and humbled to be like kind of representing all my peers at graduation. But I was completely terrified. And I remember we all went to breakfast that morning. I wasn't married or anything yet. And they're like, what are you nervous about? I'm like, I'm just nervous. And so they're like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I put maxi pads in my armpits. (laughs) (laughs) Like I put it on the sleeve of my dress because. So I was like, not sleeveless, right? No, yeah. it wasn't sleeveless. And I was like, because I don't want everyone to see me pit out in my dress. So those of you who've seen me public speak, you'll be like, oh, she always wears do those, black. Do those swell like when they get wet? No. But I was like, I just was so afraid of it. I, was, I remember thinking, this is genius. Because I was like, what is going to help keep me from pitting out? I was like, I should have patented this, right? Jamie's- <laughs> Jamie's public speaking tips. <laughs> right. And what's funny is still to this day, like I had to speak at a conference of single adults. Please tell me you've done that again. 
Oh, I have done it. I okay. did it at my sister's wedding because we had to wear this. I was wearing like a silk shirt and it was, it was September. So it was hot. Okay. And I was like, I don't want to pit out for pictures. So and went the maxi pad. <laughs> so it's like, please, okay. please listeners, if you've done this, please write in, let us know. <laughs> Jamie's yeah, not alone. I cannot, I cannot be the only one who's done this. But what's funny is even years later, I mean, just recently I had to speak at a, a, a conference for single adults up in Orange County. Uh-huh. And at the end, this really nice woman came over and said, Oh my gosh, I, you know, I just really loved what, we, what I heard. And she wanted to just talk for a minute. And then she said, can I, can I get a picture with you? And I was like, Oh sure. That's fine. But I was kind of taken off guard. And then she, she's like, can I hug you? And I looked at her and I said, I'm soaking wet. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, why? I'm like, because I'm terrified every time I do this, but I just do it anyway, right? So it's a funny kind of thing because I think a lot of people are like, oh, Jamie just – It's natural. It's natural yeah. for her. It's not. Yeah. It's, it goes against every – like I would really just like to be on my bed in my stretchy pants. <laughs> I don't – And that's, I think that's that's a, another great takeaway is you do it anyway, right? The natural state – we all would like to be you know, watching TV and eating yeah. chips and, yeah. and being at <laughs> yeah. home. Yeah. And yet – when something comes your way, if you allow yourself to just try it or just do it mm-hmm. and understand you're going to feel all the feelings. Yeah. And those experiences have enriched my life. Yeah. I've met people that I never would have met had I not allowed that experience for myself or if I would just said no or, you know, and it's not like I'm saying yes to everything, but I – when I – they've been meaningful experiences and I've learned and I've grown – I think we all live with fear and sometimes people say, well, when do you need help? Well, when it's debilitating or it's yeah. starting to interfere with the joy in your life or your daily activities or say you have this deep fear of flying, but your child lives across the country. You're, you, you're trying to work through that so you can go visit, right. you know, go visit Lots and, of road trips. and overcome that fear <laughs> or whatever it is, right? That usually there's a reason that we're ready to overcome the fear. True. And that, that's where you need to check in with yourself. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're going to eliminate all fears. Yeah. It's whatever is impacting your life negatively yeah. that you would like a change. So when, when you're able to identify that, then that gives you choice. Right. Yeah. It brings the choice back. Yeah. Because I think that's the stuck position is always, this is my fear and I can't do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's cases where people take medication, right? Because they... Or... They'll take a beta blocker. Liquid medication. Well, some people might, <laughs> Yeah, right? there's a lot of people... There's a lot of things people do to cope to with. Calm, they'll say they're calming their right. nerves, right? But what a beta blocker I, does I, I is... I would it, love to know what my grandma's nerve pills were. <laughs> That's all she called them. But as soon as she took she one. She saw a little slip under the tongue. Right. She'd take a little nerve pill and she'd be good. Yeah. I wonder what that was. What color was it? I'm just kidding. I couldn't see it through the clouds of smoke. Yeah. And so, which is another thing people do to calm their nerves, so, right? They'll right. smoke. Like a lot of times they're looking to self She had the trifecta. Yeah. Nerve pill, smoking, and drinking. It was all there. To, right, right. It's just her grandkids. We were just, just calm the nerves, right? And that's self-soothing. That's what she's trying to do is self-soothe. But in medication, they'll usually, for these kinds of issues, use beta blockers because it blocks adrenaline and lowers the heart rate and blood pressure. So it allows you to kind of stay in a state of calm calm. and more more relaxed. But that's a short-term solution. That's not really – you don't want to, like, every time you're going to fly, you're like – and there are people, though, that will, right? They'll take In extreme cases, yeah, yeah, that might be necessary, right? Yeah. 
Or every time you have to speak in public, you're right. like, okay. <laughs> I think if it becomes habitual, though, then that that's another yeah. thing to address. Yeah. Because you're not really – you're just treating the symptom. You're not really digging into what is needing right. this calmness. But I think at the end of the day, it's recognizing that fear is part of our existence. It's not an unnatural feeling. Like it's something we're – we're going to feel in life. There's a lot of things that are unpredictable, out of our control, or, you know, they just stimulate a fearful response in us, whether it's a, a closed, an enclosed space or heights or whatever it is, that fear is just part of our lives, but we don't want it to dictate our lives. Yeah. And that's where I think we have to start to be careful. And so that's why when you were, when we started and we're like, what's our big takeaway today? My big takeaway when we talk about fear is to not be afraid of it. Oh, nice. Yeah. You know, like, Don't be afraid of your fears. Yeah. It, they are what they are. But and, and my daughter is a great example to me of that. Like she's afraid. She's afraid of like maybe no one likes the performance or rejection of it. But she does. She's not afraid of the fear. She'll, she pushes through it and does it anyway. Yeah. She goes for it. Yeah. Right. And I think my takeaway, I mean, I I need to go to more gas stations at closing time, apparently. <laughs> no, but working through it. If if you do have a desire to, like, process that fear and potentially overcome it, uh, exposure, yeah. right? You do need to expose yourself to even understand what your reactions are, yeah. right? I Until that moment, I didn't know what I was feeling. And, yeah, it, it sometimes it's deep-rooted. Sometimes it's it's right there at the surface for you. Yeah. But through exposure, you can really get to know yourself better. Well, and think about your kids, right? They Like when they first, I think a great example, maybe because I taught swimming lessons for so long when I was young, but when kids who were terrified of the water, oh, yeah. I mean, terrified. I remember. I, that was me. I was the you? one kicking the swim instructor because <laughs> she wouldn't let me put like, my feet crying. down. Oh, yeah. Like there was, we were in the three foot. She's like, no, you're here to learn to swim. Right. She would be <laughs> under the water, like putting our feet up. Yeah. And I was like kicking because yeah. she's drowning me. Yeah. Right? That is, well, I didn't While my mom's kids. sitting on the bench looking on. Like, <laughs> like good job, why are you guys. doing this to us? <laughs> but when I, would, I remember when I'd have kids, and it's funny because I wasn't a therapist, but you're kind of doing exposure therapy naturally. So when I'd have like a screamer, well, that's what we called them, a screamer. <laughs> Maybe you were a screamer. I wasn't a screamer. Oh. I wasn't a screamer. I got mad, but <laughs> I wasn't a screamer. And so then he would just like, you know, sit on the side and I'd be like, Can you, let's just put our big toe in. Just put your big toe in. You know, you would kind of do this little by little and then... Because then you would try to show that it could be fun. Yeah. Like, so then I would maybe just walk them down to the diving board so they could see kids jumping and like, you know, kind of get a feel for it. Look how fun this can be if we learn this skill versus this is terrifying because I, I don't know. I don't know how to do this yet. Right. This is life or death. And, right. and all the things that we learn in our life are kind of that way. You know, I think about your Quinn learning the piano. Like oh, yeah. she's so intentional about it. And yet she's terrified at the same time and she loves it, but she's terrified and she yeah. has a hard time just trusting that it's awesome to listen to her play. You yeah. Know? And so in, in line with this exposure thing, you know, she wants to do competitions and things and we support all of it Yeah, because the more she's going, the more she's like, that was really fun. Yeah. And so that fear now is tied to fun, which becomes a little bit more exhilarating. She's learning not to be afraid of the fear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it does work. And yet, you know, moments before she's supposed to go up for her recital, she's having a little panic attack in yeah. the in the bench. Yeah. And you have to just trust what you know. And whatever the fear is you're feeling right yes. now, know that you can overcome that and yeah. work through it. Yeah. So. So it's good. And I think that's something we can do for our kids is normalize the fear. 
Yeah. And then kind of teach them to not be afraid of it. Like yeah. it's okay. Well, have you heard the thing where you know every time you're you're kind of scared, you say I'm so excited. Oh yeah. Instead, just uh-huh. as a little mind trick uh-huh. for yourself. That's cognitive behavioral therapy. Right? <laughs> oh, there we go. It's like I'm I'm gonna have a shift in. Yeah. I'm gonna reframe this. Yeah. That's that's what cognitive behavioral therapy I'm is. So excited to speak yeah. right now. Yeah. Instead of I'm terrified to speak right now. Yeah. Because right. you can have the same reaction, still get sweaty. Still yeah, it can get, feel the know? same. Like when I go on roller coasters, yeah. it's fear and it's excitement. Yeah. And, but then you connect it to the next roller coaster as like exciting. Yeah. And so the more you, I think for me, and, and I've tried to share this with my kids, the more they can connect those two, it's like, yeah, we're here to try things. We're here mm-hmm. in this life to try things and to have experiences. Mm-hmm. And so with that, there's going to be feelings yeah. and, and if the more you can kind of accept those feelings, work with them and not box yourself out of things or limit because of those feelings, I think the, the more rich the experience can be. Yeah. And trust yourself, like yeah. real fear that's alarming you of danger it's helping you. It's helping you. It's helping you to know what your surroundings are, to be aware, yeah. but also to live. Like the whole point is to live our lives, not to be holed up in our rooms because it's a dangerous world. It is a dangerous world, but the fear kind of helps us navigate it. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, very good. This is a great topic. If you'd like to learn more about fear, no. um, <laughs> schedule a session elevator. with yeah. <laughs> Get in an elevator. <laughs> There's lots of resources out there for learning more about fear. Face your fears. <laughs> Face <Yeah>. your fears. <laughs> and if you've liked this episode and want to share it with friends, please uh, like, follow, download, subscribe. And uh, we look forward to having you uh, join us again next time on the Davenport. See you next week. Take care. Thanks so much for listening this week. Stay connected by following us on Instagram or Facebook at the Davenport Podcast. For more information on coaching services with Guy, visit his website, thecoachguy.net. For additional information regarding counseling services, the Daring Way curriculum, or relationship counseling, please go to jamiepyattlcsw.com. The Davenport Podcast is a production of the Davenport Education Group. Show hosts are Guy Below and Jamie Pyatt. Our producer and editor is Aaron Below. Our outreach manager and production coordinator is Monica String. Thanks for listening. The Davenport Podcast is provided for informational and entertainment purposes only. Although Jamie is a licensed clinical social worker and Guy is a professional life coach, the information and opinions shared by the hosts and their guests are not intended to be a substitute for professional, medical, or mental health advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The information on this show does not create a client-therapist or coaching relationship and should not be taken as professional advice or guidance. Please consult with your physician or a qualified healthcare provider regarding any medical or mental health conditions.